0: So today, uh, we're in Ephesians chapter 5, 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 we are at Ephesians chapter 5, we'll be reading verses 1 and 2, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Father God, we are so grateful and so thankful that we can come here and worship you. We thank you for your word that you have placed in my heart. I pray that this word be a fulfilling word for those who are listening, Lord God, and those who are tuning in. We ask that you let this word resonate in a heart and a mind and a soul, Lord God, that those who hear may be encouraged to live for you, and those who don't know you may be encouraged to surrender to you. Lord God, challenge us with this word that we may walk different. So we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five, and we in verses one and two. Ephesians chapter five, verses one and two, and it says, "Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us, and given Himself for us, an offer uh, offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma." Ephesians chapter 5, 1 says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. On this morning, I, will want, I want to talk to you from the topic, walk in love. Walk in love. We're in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. I want to talk to you from the topic, walk in love. Walk in love. For every one of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God has called us to conduct ourselves in a manner of obedience and reverence. him. We as believers in Christ are called to to conduct ourselves in a way that is obedient and show reverence to God. God has called all of his children he says in the scripture that we should be holy before because he is holy. He has called us to to walk in a way to to conduct ourselves in a way that, that is right before him. So here, as we uh, dive into Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes this book of Ephesians to believers and to those who are in Ephesus, these Gentile believers who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And he writes to them and he breaks this this letter of Ephesians out into two parts. The first part he breaks it out into which is found in chapter one through chapter two and chapter three, and it looks at the position of the believer. We all know that we've been going through Ephesians for a long time now, and it looks at the position of the believer, and the position of the believer is that we are in Christ. He says in the first part that we we are in Christ. We are, we are in Christ as believers. We are in Christ, and he lets us know by being in Christ we have benefits. For those who are in Christ Jesus that we have benefits and and we are in Christ. He lets us know this in in chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. And then he, he, he goes on in those chapters to let us know how we got in Christ. He said it was by the grace and, and mercy of God, and this is a free gift that you can't work for. This is a gift that God has given, through us, given to us through his grace and his mercy and his love. And he said this is how we, we got in Christ. This is how we became believers because of the grace of God. So our position is in Christ, and we got in Christ because of God's grace, love, and mercy. But then he comes here in the second part, which is found in chapter 4, 5, and 6. And he says, not only is your position in Christ, but he says, but there's a way because you are in Christ that you should conduct your life. He says, as believers, there, there's a way to, that you and I should walk. There's a way to, that you and I should live a daily life before God as believers in Christ. Because we are in Christ, because our position has changed and we're no longer dead, but we're alive. There's a place for us. There's a reason why we should walk this way because we are in Christ. He says because we're in Christ. And we learned, watch this, we learned that Paul tells us three, Paul, Paul gives us three, Five different ways that we should conduct ourselves. And this word walk means to conduct yourself. Walk means the action. It means to move, to conduct yourself. So when we say walk, we mean the five different ways he tells us to walk, which means to conduct ourselves. We looked at the first one last week found in chapter 4, verse 1. He told us to walk worthy. We looked at that last week. He told us to walk worthy. Today, we're going to look at the second one where he tells us to walk in love. Next week, we'll look at the third one where he tells us walk um, as as children of light, found in verse uh, chapter five, verse eight. And then the week after that, we'll look at uh, the fourth one that tells us to walk in wisdom, found in uh, chapter uh, five, verse fifteen. And then on the next week, on the week after that, we'll look at the fifth one that tells us to walk in the whole armor of God, found in verse six through ten. But today, as we look at this walk, as we look at He tells us to to walk. In love, he, he, he petitioned us and he appealed to us as believers in Christ. For those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we are to conduct ourselves in love. We ought to, to walk in love. And he said the first thing, he says, in walking in love, we must imitate God. Look what he says in verse 1. He says the first thing, he said, if we're going to walk in love, we must imitate God. We must be imitators of God. He said, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. He said that we, we are to imitate God as, as, as dear children, as children of God, we must imitate him. He says, a, a, a children of God, watch this Pandora, watch this Sean, watch this Nay. watch this Joshua. He says, as children of God, watch this Chloe, watch this Nicole. He says, as children of God, we ought to imitate him. Paul says that as children of God, we, we ought to imitate God. We, we ought to imitate God as children of God. As children of God, we ought to imitate him. Watch this. He says that, I like this because Paul uh, says that he makes a distinction. He tells us uh, uh, who should imitate God. Average. He, he, he says who should imi- imitate God. He Tammy, he says that he tells us who should, should imitate God. Uh, 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 Barbara, he tells us who should imitate God. Miss Murray, he tells us who should imitate He makes a distinction of who are the ones to imitate God. He said as dear children, he said imitate God as dear children. He says for the children of God, you ought to imitate God. But he tells us, he makes this distinction, I like this, Paul makes a distinction of, of who should, should imitate God. He tells us who are the ones who should imitate God because guess what? It's a lot of people out here that believe that everyone is a, children, a child of God. There's a lot of people that believe that, 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 that everyone is a child of God. I, I don't know what Bible they're reading, but that's not in my Bible. Charlene, that's not in my Bible. Aiden, that's not in my Bible. Danita, that's that's not in my Bible. Every one of us is not a child of God. Now, the scripture says in in Genesis chapter 1 around verse 26 that we are made in the image and the likeness of God. Everyone, all mankind is made, all mankind is made in the image and the likeness of God, but that doesn't make us a child of God. We just created in his image. So he says that as children of God, we should imitate God, but he tells us that this call is only for children of God. So what makes us a child of God? I'm glad you asked. So so he what makes us a child of God? Here it go right here. He says that in, 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 in John chapter 1 verse 12. Here it is. John chapter 1 verse 12 said, but as many as received him, who is Jesus Christ, to them he gave The right to be, watch this, to come, I mean, to become children of God. In John chapter 12, verse 1, he says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says it like this, for you all are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ, Tawana. He says that, 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 that the children of God, the people who are, who are child of God or, or children of God, is the people who are child of God or, or children of God is the ones who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So, so that means that every one of us is not a, a, a child of God. That means that every one of us is not children of God. Look, let's turn over to 1 Peter. Let's turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Look what it says. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 9 says, watch this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, but you are a chosen generation. He's talking to believers now. He said a royal priesthood. He said a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. Watch this, verse 10, who once were not People, but now the people of God who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. He says the children of God are the ones, watch this, dirt, the children of God, watch this, Tawana, watch this, Nate, the children of God are the ones who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. He said this, this call to, to walk worthy, I mean, this call to walk in love, he says that therefore the ones who are, are children of God are called Shalene, are called baby, are called Angel to, to, to imitate God. He says as a child of God, you are called to imitate God. This calling is, is not for everyone. He, he makes a distinction. He says that, that as children of God, we are called to imitate God. He said, so if we want to walk worthy, we, got to, we must imitate God. He said, and his call this, the, to imitate God is for the, the children of God, ones who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ, believing that he died on a cross, he shed his blood, and he, uh, and he uh, was buried and rose three days and, and, and ascended up to the right hand of the Father and resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father. He said, you are a child of God if you have placed your faith in that. And because you're a child of God, Jackson, because you're a child of God, to and Savannah, he said, because you're a child of God, you ought to, uh, to imitate him as your God, as your father. So he says that we must be imitators of God. So he said this, the ones who are supposed to imitate him is the children of God. But then he goes on, he says, he says, he says that we must imitate God. He uses word imitate. And this word imitate in an original language actually means, watch this, Dixon, the word imitate in an original language Jeanette, actually means to mimic or to, to look at as a model, to follow. He says as children of God, we ought to mimic God. Mm-mm-mm. He says that as children of God, we ought to look at God as a model. Watch this, Shorty. Watch this, Vanessa. We ought to look at God as a model. Watch this, Charmaine and Reggie. We ought to look at God. Watch this, Nikki and Ken. We ought to look at God as a model to follow. He says that, that, that as children of God, we ought to mimic God and look at God as a model to follow. I remember, I remember, I remember, Dixon. I remember when I was uh, was younger and my, uh, my oldest son, uh, who's 22 now, Lil Colon, uh, we call him Lil Man. Some of y'all know him by Louis Colon. Um, he, he was around three or four years old. And I remember one day uh, my wife was uh, getting him out of the tub and um, putting lotion on him and stuff, and I was downstairs. And I came upstairs, and I looked, and he was laying in my bed with a pillow behind him propped up with his underwear on and no shirt under my sheet, laying in my bed. And I, I went in there and I said, boy, you got to get up out of this bed. And he said, why, Dad?" I said, because there's only one man that lay up in his bed like that. You got to get up out of his bed. But what he was doing was mimicking, watch this, me. He see me laying in the bed with my underwear on and, and no shirt and with the pillow propped up. I know some of y'all may think that's a disgusting look, but that's how I was. He was mimicking me. He was mimicking. He was mimicking me. He was. He was, He was mimicking me. I remember my daughters when they were young. Jazz and LaMonica, They were. They were mimic their mom. They were. They in the bathroom like their mom and, and put uh, nail polish on their feet and on their toes and and on their on their fingers and and they would have nail polish all on their toes and all over their fingers and and their hand and all on the floor trying to mimic their mom because they seen her uh, paint her nails and paint her toes and they will mimic her and then y'all know we have Jackson we have Jackson I I remember we was just looking at this video uh, yesterday I believe and, I, and Jackson I, I, I at home a lot I play around and every time Jackson 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 when he was younger he liked when I make my stomach poke out real big and I would tap my stomach and it'll poke out real big and then I'll tap it again and it go back in my six-pack show up again And so he liked that, and I I would go around the house, and I would hit my stomach and poke it out, and then hit it and poke it out, and he would always laugh. Even to this day, he laughed. And I remember one day he came out the bathroom, and he came out with some some, uh, sweat socks on and some dirty bucks, and he was only about three or four, too, uh, with some dirty bucks, some underwear with his tank top on, with his underwear real high, poking his stomach out like me, playing around. And we just laugh, and, but but they imitated me, they they, they mimicked me, they, they, they used me as a model and looked, and your children will imitate you. I know some of you all got some stories in, in the ways that are good and bad that your, your child imitated you because of what they saw in you. They did the same thing. And a lot of us tell our children, don't do what you see, but do what I say. But children are at a place where they imitate their parents. And God says, watch this, as children of God, you ought to imitate him. um, imitate him. He said that we ought to mimic him. We ought to look at him as a guide to follow, as a lead to follow. We ought to mimic him. He says as children of God, we are called to mimic God. He says that if we're going to walk in love, we got to mimic God. We got to imitate God as dear children. he's calling us as children to imitate God. He says that we should imitate him. Then the next thing he says here and found in verse 2, he says, if, if we're going to imitate God, watch this. He says, he says if we're going to walk in love, we must, we must imitate God. He said that as dear children, we must imitate God, but the problem is we're imitating everybody else. The problem is we're looking at Beyonce and imitate Beyonce or Cardi B. We imitating rappers, we Im- imitating uh, uh, athletes, we imitating gangsters, we imitate everybody else. But are you imitating God? Are you mimicking God in your life, in your walk or your daily conduct? Are you imitating God or are you imitating everybody else? You imitating everybody else. But he says, as children of God, those who have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are to imitate him. So we're going to walk in love. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Sam, Tina, Gretchen, he said, if we're going to walk in love, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. He said, when we're walking in love, we must imitate God. We must be imitators of God as dear children, as children we must imitate God. But then he tells us something in chapter 2. He said, in walking in love, not only are we to imitate God, but now he comes in verse 2a and he tells us how we are expected to imitate God. Watch this. He tells us how we are expected in verse 2, how to imitate God. He tells us how, he tells us how to imitate God. He tells us Ratney, he tells us Shelly, he tells us Craig, he tells us Keisha, how to imitate God. In verse 2, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2a, he tells us how. He said, and walk in love. He says, as dear children, we are called to mimic God, we are called to imitate God. And Then he comes and he tells us how we ought to imitate God. He says, we need to imitate God, Miss Hand. We need to imitate, in, imitate God, Kim. We need to imitate God, Tammy. We need to in, imitate God, uh, Pastor Reeves and Deacon Island. We need to imitate him by walking in love. We need to conduct ourselves in a way that show the love of God to everyone. Watch this. N- not only to the people you like. Not only to the people you're friends with, not only with the people, Miss Marsha and Miss Virginia, who you have fun with, but he says that we are to imitate God as children of God. We are to imitate God and walk in in love, Joe and Wendy. Walk in in love, we are to imitate God. He says, how do we do that? He says, walk in love. He says that we are, we are called to, to conduct ourselves in a way that shows the love of God to everyone. Unlike our English language, the word love in the Greek have four different words, Ms. Murray. Daryl, the word love have four different words that are used unlike our English language that have one word for love, Michelle, Watch this. The first word for love in the Greek is called stoke. Stoke or stork. And this love, Means an affectionate family quality of love. So this love is, is the love that is used in the Greek, which, which means a love for your parents or a love for your brothers or sisters or your siblings, a love for your, your cousins and your aunts, a love, a family love, a love uh, for your like your dog or your, your cat, a is is an affectionate family quality love. He says that, 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 that stoke means affectionate, quality love. Is, it means to, a love for your family or your friends or a love for, for um, like your brothers or sisters or your aunts and uncles and your cousin, that kind of love, Lisa, that kind of love, Donna. But then there's also another love that the Greek use. It's called phileo, Leonard and Janice, called phileo. And this is what we see. Uh, Philadelphia is from. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, and that's where they get this, that, that's where they get the they, uh, symbol of love from because phileo actually mean a, a feeling for a friend, a love for a friend is a reciprocal quality of love. And that's a love for a friend. Phileo actually means the love for a friend or acquaintance or something, like a close friend, like a, a best friend, a love that you have for them. This is not stoke, because stoke means the love for a family member or, or for your aunt and uncle, nieces, nephews and cousins or, or siblings. But phileo means a brotherly love, and that, that love is a love, a reciprocal love, quality of love for a friend or acquaintance, Tanya. But then there's also another one. There's also another one, here. There's also another one. It's called Eros. And Eros is a love in, in Greek that means a, a, relation, a romantic flavor love. This is erotic love. This is the love that the Bible talks about that you should have for your husband or for your wife. But most of y'all have it for your boyfriends, or girlfriends, which you shouldn't be having anyway. But this is a love that's called, this is erotic love, a sexual love that you have for your, your, your husband or your wife. This is eros. See, the Greek have four different uh, uh, words for love. And our English word only have one. Our English language only have one, but the Greek language have four. It have stoke, which means this, this family quality of love. Phileo, which means this, this, this love for friends. And eros means this erotic, sexual kind of love for your husband or your wife. But then there's a fourth love. And that love is called agape. This is a unconditional with no limitations, no expectations of anything in return, sacrificial love. Let me say that again. This is agape. And this love is unconditional with no limitations. Watch this. No expectations of of receiving anything in return. Sacrificial love. The, the, this love that Agape that uh, shares, it, 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 it doesn't have any restrictions. It, it, is, it is sacrificial. I mean, it's sacrificing. It's, it's laying everything on the line. It's, it's not expecting nothing in return. It's not saying I'm going to give it to you if you give me something back. It's saying if, I'm going to give it to you if you don't give it back at all. If you, if, I, if you don't even like me, I'm still going to give you this uh, agape love. I'm still going to show you this love if I don't agree with you. If I hate your guts, I'm still going to show you this, uh, this love. If you hate my guts, I'm still going to love you in agape way. This is the fourth love that the Greek language talk about. So it's interesting that he tells us as dear children to imitate God and walk in love. So what love is he telling us to walk in? What, what, what way is he telling us to conduct ourselves as we walk in love? Well, one thing I can tell you, he's not telling us to conduct ourselves in stalking love because we already do that. We already love our family members and our, and our aunts and uncles and our siblings and our, our brothers. He's, he's not telling us this love that he's telling us here in the text where he tells us walk in love. is not stoke love, which is affectionate love for, 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 for friends and, um, and, and I mean not uh, phileo love, which is a love for friends and and, and a reciprocal quality of love. He's not telling us arrow love, arrow's love, because, you know, we already got a a radical sexual love for everything. He's not telling us that. He's saying that we are to operate ourselves in agape love. He said that we are to walk in love. When he say walk in love, he say walk in love that is unconditional, with no restrictions, with no limitations. Watch this. Expecting nothing in return. Watch this. And sacrificial love. We are to conduct ourselves in this way of love. And this way of love, watch this this way of love is all in. You all in. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the relationship. You all in. You all in. He says that we should conduct ourselves in this kind of love, an unconditional. Not respecting anything in return, that when I love you, if you don't return anything back, it's okay because I'm not loving you for something. I'm loving you because God told me walk in love. And he says that we ought to walk in love. This love has no restriction. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter how you smell. It doesn't matter if you grew up on the right side of the track or not. It doesn't matter how much money you got, how much money you don't got. It doesn't matter your status or anything. We have to walk in unconditional love, sacrificial love. That is agape. And he telling us that we, as children of God, we have to imitate the, the love of God. He says that we need, to, we need to walk in his love. We are called to, to walk in 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 a god pay love, on a daily basis, we are called as children of God to walk in this kind of love. We are called to to walk in this kind of love that God has called us to, to to live a life that that expresses his love to everyone. But Pastor Pew, they don't deserve my love, but God says you need to walk in it. Pastor Pugh, you don't know what they did to me. They, they did me wrong. They, they treated me unfair. They, they called me names. They, they talked behind my back. They don't deserve the love that I have. Guess what God says? If you're a child of God, you got to love them anyway. Pastor Pugh, they hurt my feelings. They, tra- they took advantage of my innocence. They did me wrong, and I don't want to love them well. God says that you, if you're a child of God, you got to walk in this love. Whether what they did to you was wrong, whether what they did with you was right, whether you agree with it or not, whether you are mad at them or not, God says that we have to walk in love. And this is a God-paid love, sacrificial love. This is all in. says that we are... We are to walk in love. We, we are to walk in love. And it doesn't matter what they have done to you. We still ought to love. It says as imitators of God, as children of God. But I like this because watch this. Because in the New Testament, this wasn't the first time that he told us walk in love. This wasn't the first time that, that God commanded that, us, that, that we as his followers, as his disciples, walk in love. Look, in John chapter 13, verse 34. John chapter 13, verse 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. This is agape love. He says, that I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. He's calling us to, to, to agape one another, to, to love one another, to, to, to show a love that have no limitations, to show a love that have no restrictions, to show a love to look past the people fought and the people things that they have done to you. Because remember, this love is expect nothing in return kind of love. And he tells us to walk in love. But then he goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 says, let all that you do be done with love. Everything that you've done, even the things you hate doing, let it be done with love. Let let it be done with love. The things that that God has called you to, let, let it be done with love. But then he goes on. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, watch this, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, he says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, he says that, therefore, as the elect of God, as the children of God, as the people of God, holy and beloved, watch this, Sister Mercer, watch this, Sister Pope, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, watch this Jada, bearing with one another, watch this Jazz, watch this Bianca, for forgiving one another, and if any one has complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must forgive. Miss Darlene, he says that we ought to walk in love. He said that we are called To walk in love. We we, we are called to walk in love. This is the the love that that you and I are called to walk in. This is the love that that you and I are supposed to walk in. This is is that a God-paid love that we are imitating God. So he tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, he tells us to walk in love. He tells us that we should be imitators of God. As dear children, we should be imitators of God. We see that in verse number 1. But in verse 2a, he tells us how to walk, how to be imitators of God. He said we ought to walk in agape love. We ought to love unconditionally. But now he comes in verse 2b, watch this, and he tells us not how to walk, I mean how to imitate God, but he tells us why we should imitate God. So he tells us to walk in love. He tells us that we should imitate God. In verse 1, as dear children, we ought to imitate God. We ought to mimic God, and then he comes in verse 2a, and he tells us how we ought to imitate God. He said, walk in love. But now he comes back in verse 2b, and he tells us why we need to walk in love, why we need to imitate God. So he tells us how we need to do it. He said, walk in love. You need to walk in love. Walk in unsacrificial love, unrestricted love, all in love he called us to walk in. And he, now he tells us why we need to do it. Look at verse 2b. He tells us in, in verse 2b why we need to walk in love. He says, look. He says, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Look what he said. He said, because we are to love like Christ. We need, this is how we love in Christ. We need to walk in love. This is how, and now he tells us why. He said, because Christ loved us. He said, as Christ also have loved us and given himself for us as an offering as a, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. He says, Christ showed all mankind agape love. He said, this is, this is why we need to walk in agape love. This is why we need to walk in love because Christ loved you. He said, Christ showed you the love that he asking you to imitate. He said, This is why we need to imitate God. We need to look at God as a model and walk in God and, and walk in his love because Christ loved us first, and he loved us with a agape love. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us when, when did God love us because he loved us. He said, walk in his love because Jesus loved you that way. But some of you all may have questions because some of you all are doubting the love of God. Some of you are thinking that, that God don't love you or God can't love you. So when did God love us? When did Jesus Christ love us? Ephesians chapter 2, 1 says he showed us his love when we were dead. In trespassing and sin, Joy, he showed us his love when we were dead in trespassing and sin. Romans chapter 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. He says that he showed us that love. He said he showed you that love when he died on the cross for you when you was a sinner. You talking about I can't love them. Because the way they treated me, the things they done to me, the things they they said to me, the way they act, they don't deserve my love. And when I give them love, they don't want it. But Jesus Christ said, remember how you act. Remember how you live. Remember that you were dead and you were without sin and you had no relationship with God and you and he loved you anyway. Remember how you treated him. Remember how you disobeyed him and rejected him, and he loved you anyway. He showed us that love when we were unlovable, and you telling me you can't love like Christ? You can't love your enemy? You can't love your family member who disrespected you or treated you wrong? You can't love them, and Christ loved you the same exact way. So he says that we ought to walk in love, and he tells us why. He said, because Christ loved you, and, and then he says that he showed us his love. In Ephesians chapter 2, 1, he showed us his love. In Romans chapter uh, 5, verse 8, he demonstrated his love. And then he come back and says, how did he show us his love? How did he show us his love? Watch this. How, how did he show us his love? He says it right here. He said he given Himself for us as a sacrificial offering to God for a sweet smell aroma. He showed his love for you and I by dying on a cross, by voluntarily laying his life down as a sacrifice to take the penalty of your sin and my sin. He did it by going to the cross and dying for you, that you may be right with God, although that he knew that you would reject him, you would be disobedience, you wouldn't reverence him, you wouldn't call on his name, you wouldn't trust him. He did it for you by giving himself up as a sacrificial lamb to die on the cross for you. He said this is how he showed his love. He showed his love by taking your place. Your sin and my sin deserve to be destroyed. We deserve hell, but because of Christ, we now have a way to escape hell and have eternal bliss and have eternal joy in heaven with Christ because of he loved us and he showed his love towards us and he has given himself for us as a sacrificial lamb says that he he died on a cross for us. He showed showed us his love. He 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 has given himself for us as a sacrificial offering. By your response, I, I, I see that you don't know the story. I see by your response that you don't understand what he done. So let me run the story to you. Jesus was betrayed by Judas. His disciples for 30 pieces of silver and Jesus loved them. And continue to love him. Jesus was set before the Sanhedrin Council and, and Pontius Pilate to, to be set on trial for, for blaspheming God. And they found him, that he was innocent, but they still cried out, crucify him, crucify him. He deserved to die, but he still loved. Then after he was, uh, they cried out to crucify them, they turned him over to the soldiers and the soldiers beat him all night. And in that beating, they would take a whip whip that caused a cattail, and on the the edge of the whip, uh, it would be many leather scraps, and they would tie on the end of the leather scrap metal and sharp bones that when they whip him, it would would enlarge into his flesh, and when they pull back, it would snatch off meat and flesh. That, that, pre, that pretty picture you see with Jesus with a trickle of blood, that's, that's not how it was. He, his body looked like hamburger meat after they got finished beating him. And he did that for you and I to, to show his love. But after they whipped him all night, they took a crown of thorns and they enlarged it in his skull and, and made fun of him and said, hell to the king of Jews. And then they, 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 they put a beam on him and paraded him down the streets of Jerusalem to, to shame him and to make fun, to show that he was defeated. And he did it because he loved us. He showed his agape love, his sacrificial love to you and I who wasn't even worthy to go through all. He was, we were not even worthy to go through all that for us, but he showed it anyway. This is what Jesus endured. And they paraded him up to a place they called the heel of the skull, which is Gagatha. And they said they stretched him wild and nailed him to the cross. They nailed one arm to a beam and the other arm they nailed to the beam and they stretched his joints out of socket and nailed his feet to the beam and hung him up in the sun for hours. And they mocked him. They gambled for his clothes and they, they shamed him and they laughed at him. And they, they set him between two criminals. And one criminal laughed at him and mocked him. And the other one said, if you really is the Christ, remember me. And Jesus said on the cross that today you will be with me in paradise because of your faith. And, he, and in that time, he now have right for the Father. And he did all that for us. On the cross, he was still loving. And then the scriptures say he died. And when he died, they wanted to make sure. So they pierced him in the side and blood and water ran out. They mocked Jesus. They beat Jesus. They ripped his body up. And he was an innocent man and he did it as a sacrificial lamb for you and I. So now I ask you, are you going to walk in love? All that... I know you, Pastor Pew, I can't do it. little Lynn, I can't do it. You don't know what they've done to me. Look at what you've done to Jesus. And he still showed you love. We are called to walk in love. And this love that Jesus showed, this agape love that he showed to us, is still flowing today. So if there's any that's on this feed right now, any, and we got people watching all over the sanctuary. We got people watching if there's any that want to surrender their life, who want to accept that love that Jesus Christ just showed, say I do, say me, say me, type in me. Whether you're on Instagram or Facebook or the website, type in me, type in me, say I want that. Me, I want that love that Jesus Christ showed because I don't have a personal relationship. He loves you and he wants us to walk in love. Is there any? Is there any? Is there any today? Is there any? Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your word, pushing us past salvation. As Ephesians chapter five, verse one through two, tell us to walk in love. Tells us that we should imitate God as children of God. He tells us how we should imitate God by walking in love. And he tells us why. Because you, Christ, loved us. So we shall love because you loved us just like you. So I thank you, Lord God, and I bless you. Have your way in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.